We were in the lead of impact-resistant glass, but then also tripped, fell over, got back up, dusted ourselves off, and continued to move forward inside of the in the product development. My name is Johan Radievski, and I'm the CMO for Malibu at the Absolute Company. Being part of both an industry and an organization that's going through a phase of rapid transformation, I believe that successful leadership comes down to these three things, trust, curiosity, and personal development. As a leader, I have always been interested to know how others are handling the situations, opportunities, and challenges that I face on a daily basis. And that's what this podcast is all about, to talk to other leaders who inspire me and to learn from them on how to best practice sustainable leadership today. The first guest in this series is a guy who many of you perhaps haven't heard of, but the episode he's involved in, and in many ways responsible for, made headlines in most of the world. A warm welcome to this, the very first episode of Transformation in 10, Mike Pilliard, responsible for all things concerning glass at Tesla. Hi, Mike. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you very much for, for having me. Really, really appreciate the, uh, the time looking for the conversation. The theme for this episode is how to learn from failures. And this is something I guess you have first-hand knowledge about. Tell me what happened when your boss Elon Musk and your chief designer cracked a glass on the Tesla vehicle in the press conference a few months back. How did you react? I am likely the owner of the most famous glass failure in the entire history of the world. During that event, I think it was roughly about 30 million people who were, were watching the event live and in person. And from a glass perspective, failure is part of like glass breakage and failure is part of our everyday life. That night I grabbed the ball that was thrown at it and a piece of the broken glass and I have it here on my desk. So it was a failure, not a mistake. So we're going to continue to move move forward, but embracing a culture of failure. I was likely the most famous, unfamous person in the world at that, at that point. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, how did the next department meeting go then? I mean, how was the discussion going after the incident? You know, focusing on embarrassment, terror, and then coming out of it to be to really align the team and, and talk through it as far as like, yep, let's let's keep going. And how did your team react? A bit of uncertainty. It's still something that drives as far as being, you know, embracing failure as a topic, working through it as far as that that being in a safe place to go through a failure. One thing that I've seen when something hasn't gone according to plan is that the dynamic of the group is very much reflected in the ability to handle failures. I mean, if there's a feeling of trust, there's often a quicker bounce back. And as a leader, you don't have to guide a team through the debrief stage, but rather encourage the group to own the mistake and keep it like a team building experience. So Mike, tell me, how do you create that safe space? You know, with innovation and failure, it kind of comes hand in hand with each other. You find the ability of like of comfort and trust. You have to learn from your failures and continue to move on to feel safe to be able to try something, to try something new and find that limit. So do you have any practical things to share on how to build that safety? Because our organization included, we always talk about it should be safe to fail and that failure is a given in any sort of innovation. But I guess it's easier said than done. So how did you and the rest of the management team at Tesla practice that? To, to truly be sort of like relevant innovation, I feel like you need to be inside of the day-to-day -day operations of the company. And it's very easy to get isolated. We talk about failing early. And how did you change then and adapt? 
There's T-shirts with a picture of the broken glass on, on, on the front of it. You know, they, Elon's talked about it a number of times. We were in the lead of impact-resistant glass, but then also tripped, fell over, got back up, dusted ourselves off, and continued to move forward inside of the, in the product development. That links also to the idea of like picking up the people and the team around you. How did you rebuild that type of confidence after such an incident? The fact that everyone feels like they have a voice, there tends to be in, in a lot of corporations that there's a, a loud person in the room. I think in innovation teams, having a less hierarchical structure, still you need sort of a management profile and, and sort of feedback for it. But having a, a position where people work with you and not for you is a very important aspect to it and mainly for people to be, feel safe. You mentioned before working with Apple in the past. How would you say the innovation culture differs between Apple and Tesla? I mean, if it does... So some of the similarities, it was a smaller, you know, like a smaller group. And we, we did, there was some amazing things done by that, that team. In those timeframes, the, the thirst for trying something new and learning was incredible. The rigor is also quite incredible. What I mean by rigor is the approach of an engineering driven company that focuses on collecting the right data. Another similarity is it's a very clear directive as far as what products the company's doing. How do they shape innovation culture at Tesla then? I mean, compared to Apple? It depends, I think, on where we are as far as innovating into a product cycle. When you're in early on sketch and working with designers on, you know, what we call blue, kind of blue sky, any idea is a, a good idea. When you're in production, I, I, any idea is not a good idea. There's very clear, there's the implications of, of, inter, of trying to improve a production product need to be based on metrics. There always needs to be a... a maybe a metric that's not necessarily movable. So for instance, for years, my work at Apple was the time frame was very rigid. They, we had a launch of a new iPhone every, I think it was September, October of every year. That was a, a non-movable piece of the equation. Tesla, in a sense, that does their own manufacturing, primarily builds factories. And Apple did a lot of outsourcing to contract manufacturers. Apple, when I was there, and probably even today, you could fit the products on a, on a table. A huge amount of those done every single day. Tesla having an energy business as well as the vehicle business and this trajectory of making both companies obviously made a huge impact. But they, there's something so beautiful about these big, huge projects that we're doing at, at Tesla that are really like that are really striving towards making a difference. What's interesting is that you talk about really integrating innovation into the daily operations. I mean, this is something that we at Malibu and Absolute have been struggling with from time to time. I mean, we've been trying to isolate innovation and then we've been trying to integrate it. And there, I guess, is benefits and drawbacks to both alternatives. I mean, how do you push an innovation culture and at the same time acknowledging that the skill set and the mindset might be different to the rest of the organization? I, I wouldn't say that like as companies grow that Tesla and Apple aren't they're not immune to this effect, if you will. In order to be relevant in innovation worlds, I feel like a lot of companies may isolate innovation outside of the core thread of product development. It's the easiest thing to do and the most comfortable you know, self-consciously for very innovative people to be out on an island doing amazing stuff and well-funded. So I think that's the biggest sort of like advice I guess I would give is not to not to isolate innovation teams. And, and also that there's a lot of people that are, especially doing development, you're looking for sort of self-motivated people that can deal with ambiguity and, and be self-motivated and, and learners at the same time. I found through my career is that sometimes people, there's, there's people in the world that don't like to do that. And that's what I mean, sort of like there's different fits. There's people on a quality organization that there, there's, it's very 
clear and it's very structured. And there's a lot of people who really enjoy that structuring and time frame. As a leader of sort of an innovative group at, at Tesla or at Apple, your job is to sort of know the process to go through that and coach the process versus trying to struggle with just getting to the answer before you've collected data. And that's always it's interesting, sort of interesting balance. First of all, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time today. And, and just a final question, like, what can we expect from you and the team next? What are you up to? Yeah, you can expect uh, Tesla to continue to do a ton of glass on their on their products, and for us to to launch uh, uh, to launch some uh, some great products in the future. I found it remarkable to have a core skill in glass that can make a difference at, on multiple different industries, and continue to try to look at industries to disrupt. Cool. And will we ever see really unbreakable glass? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But that keeps us that keeps us driving. I think our in a sense sometimes you even hope not so that we can continue to move to, to do better. Thank you so much Mike for taking the time and talking about how to drive an innovative company culture. So, is failure always an option then? Well, the simple answer should be yes, as long as you learn from it and adapt. For me, Talking to Mike and learning about his take on leadership has brought valuable insight into how I can develop as a leader and as a facilitator of our company culture at the Absolute Company. I think that you need to establish a team and an environment in which the team can feel trust. Trust among each other and trust in the organization. That will enable them to foster their own curiosity and push their creativity a bit too far at times. You also need to embrace your failures and learn from them, own them, be curious and push yourself. Be sure to learn if something don't turn out as expected. And being disrupted takes efforts. And all efforts are worthwhile if they add to the development of the individual, the team or the company. A failure is a bump in the road, not a roadblock. <laughs>